Welcome to Clinical Neurology Podcast where you will learn over 12 episodes how to localize a lesion in neurology based on history taking and physical examination. The podcast is meant for medical students and to make them enjoy learning neurology. Medicine, pediatrics, psychiatry, critical care, neurology residents, general practitioners and nurse practitioners will find it beneficial. Study materials and clinical resources for the podcast are available in show description and at neurologyteachingclub.com website. I am your host Dr. Krishnadas NC and let's get started. Hello everyone. Welcome to the last episode of season 1 of the Clinical Neurology with KD podcast. It is 1 year since we started our journey and it has been nothing less than extraordinary. The podcast is now heard in over 110 countries. We had almost 18000 downloads in this period. Thank you all for this fantastic support. It means a lot. At the start I was planning 12 episodes in the first season. We ended up having 15. We are taking a short break before season 2 to come back fresher and stronger. Season 2 will be all about cranial nerves and we'll be having 12 episodes again. Meanwhile, keep sending your valuable feedback and suggestion on the NTC website. The link to which is given in the show notes. You can also email me at neurologyteachingclub@gmail.com. I'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Now let us start with the localization of bladder dysfunction. In this session, we will learn the micturition pathways and will try to understand the clinical features of lesions involving these pathways. A localization exclusively based on urinary symptoms is often difficult, but it gives excellent corroborative evidence for neurological localization along with other symptoms. especially in spinal cord disease at the end of this session we will learn the sympathetic parasympathetic and somatic innervation of the bladder the pontine and cortical control of micturition the urine storage and voiding reflexes the signs and symptoms of lesions at various levels the bladder has only two modes of activity storage and voiding an average human being passes 400 to 600 ml of urine every 3 to 4 hours and the duration of micturition is about 2 to 3 minutes So 98% of the time the bladder is in a storage phase while taking history symptoms of the dysfunction of both these phases should be asked the symptoms of storage dysfunction include urgency frequency nocturia incontinence and abnormal bladder sensation the voiding dysfunction symptoms include hesitancy weak stream dysuria intermittency terminal dribble and need for straining to void Post-micturition symptoms like feeling of incomplete evacuation and post-micturition dribble also need to be asked. Complete patient history should be obtained including prior genitourinary conditions, surgeries, etc. Medication history is significant. Sedative hypnotics, antidepressants, antipsychotics, antihistamine, anticholinergic, antispasmodic drug, alpha-adrenergic agonist and antagonist and calcium channel blocking drugs can affect voiding. A patient urinary diary with voiding patterns, fluid intake and voiding issues can help evaluate bladder symptoms better. Micturition is a complex process because the autonomic nervous system and striated muscle namely the external urethral sphincter are involved. During the storage phase the detrusor muscle on the bladder wall has to relax and the external urethral sphincter has to contract so that there is no incontinence. During voiding the detrusor has to contract and external urethral sphincter and urethra must relax. so that urine flows out without obstruction the requirement for voluntary control over the lower urinary tract necessitates complex interaction between the autonomous nervous system mediated by sympathetic and parasympathetic nerves supplying the detrusor and urethra 
and the somatic mediated by pudendal nerves supplying the external urethral sphincter. This smooth transition takes place due to coordination between cortical structures, spondyle maturation center in the brainstem, ascending and descending tracts in the spinal cord, and lumbosacral centers. Innervation of the bladder The parasympathetic innervation helps in voiding. The parasympathetic preganglionic fibers arises from S2 to S4 spinal segments and travel in sacral roots and pelvic nerves to ganglia in the pelvic plexus and the bladder wall. Parasympathetic postganglionic axons in the pelvic nerve releases acetylcholine. It produces bladder contraction by stimulating the M3 muscarinic receptors in the bladder smooth muscle. Sympathetic innervation helps in storage. You can remember it as S4S. Sympathetic fibers originate in the T11 to L2 segments in the spinal cord and run through the inferior mesenteric ganglia and hypogastric nerve. Sympathetic postganglionic neurons release noradrenaline which activates beta-3 adrenergic receptors to relax bladder smooth muscle. It activates alpha-1 adrenergic receptors to contract urethral smooth muscle. Somatic motor nerves that supply the striated muscles of the external urethral sphincter arises from S2, S3, S4 motor neurons called onf nucleus and pass through the pudendal nerves. They release acetylcholine which produces a contraction of the external sphincter striated muscle by activating nicotinic cholinergic receptors. Bladder sensation Sensations of bladder fullness are conveyed to the spinal cord by the pelvic and hypogastric nerves. The pudendal and hypogastric nerves carry sensory input from the bladder neck and urethra. They ascend in the spinal cord through the spinothalamic tract and the posterior column. Brain areas associated with micturition include the neurons of Barrington's nucleus, also called the pontine micturition center, periaqueductal gray, cell groups in caudal and preoptic hypothalamus, the neurons of several parts of cerebral cortex, particularly the medial frontal cortex. The pontine micturition center is in the inhibitory control of cortical and subcortical structures, so continence is maintained during the storage phase. The cortical structures also directly control the external urethral sphincter through the corticospinal tract, promoting continence. From the micturition center, efference to the spinal cord descends through the reticulospinal tracts located medially and anteriorly in the anterior funiculus. They reach the detrusor motor neurons in the intermediolateral cell columns of the scacral gray matter S2 to S4. Then through the pelvic nerves, they reach the detrusor muscle. Efferents from the cortical and subcortical centers descend through the pyramidal tract to the pudendal nuclei or onf nucleus in the sacral spinal cord S2 to S4. The pudendal nerves innervate the striated muscles around the urethra. Bradley's loops Bradley summarized the central sensory motor pathways concerned with micturition and sphincter control. They are called the Bradley's loops. Loop 1. Corticospinal pathways from the motor cortex to pudendal motor neurons are concerned with the voluntary control of sphincter and pelvic floor. Loop 2. The urethral reflex loop from the urethral efferents to pudendal motor neurons maintain the sphincter tone when the detrusor is inactive. Loop 3. The detrusor reflex loop from detrusor efferents to pudendal motor neurons causes sphincter relaxation when the detrusor is active. Loop 4. The cord loop from brainstem structures to the cornus medullaris coordinates detrusor and sphincter contraction and relaxation. Loop 5. The cerebral loop involving the brainstem, cerebral cortex and basal ganglia structures initiates and inhibits switching between filling and voiding states. Urine storage reflex. During the storage of urine, bladder distension produces low-level efferent firing. This stimulates the sympathetic outflow in hypogastric nerve to the bladder outlet, the bladder base and urethra and the pudendal discharge to the external urethral sphincter. Inhibition of the parasympathetic prevents detrusor contraction. 
These responses occurs by spinal reflex pathways. They represent guarding reflexes which promote continence. Voiding reflex. When the bladder becomes full, intense bladder efferent firing in the pelvic nerves activate the spinobulbospinal reflex that pass through the pontine micturition center. This stimulates the parasympathetic discharge to the bladder and urethral smooth muscle and inhibit the sympathetic and pudendal outflow to the urethral outlet. Relaxation of the pelvic floor and urethral sphincters occur, accompanied by parasympathetically mediated detrusor contraction, which results in effective bladder emptying. Intact neural circuitry between the pontine micturition center and the bladder ensures coordinated activity between the detrusor and sphincter muscles. Urodynamic classification. Lapidase classified the clinical and urodynamic findings into five categories. 1. Uninhibited neurogenic bladder. 2. Reflex neurogenic bladder. 3. Autonomous neurogenic bladder. 4. Motor paralytic bladder. and 5. Sensory paralytic bladder. The naming can be a bit confusing to students. All you need to do is to know the clinical findings when there is a lesion at the various sites of the bladder pathway. The symptoms are almost predictable if you learn anatomy and physiology. Suprapondine lesions The disruption of the suprapondine circuitry due to anterior cerebral lesions or the degeneration of the dopaminergic neurons in Parkinson's disease removes tonic inhibitory control over the pondine micturition center. This will result in decreased bladder capacity and detrusor overactivity. Hyperreflexic or spastic neurogenic bladder Lesion between the pontine micturition center and sacrum causes a spastic neurogenic bladder. Loss of normal inhibition from above causes bladder contraction during filling. In most cases, the detrusor becomes overactive so there is urinary urgency, frequency, urge incontinence and inability to initiate voluntary micturition. Small volumes of urine stimulate uninhibited detrusor contraction. The bladder capacity is reduced, but post-micturation residual urine may be increased. The bulbocavernosus and superficial anal reflexes are preserved. Simultaneous contraction of the detrusor and sphincter during voiding, known as detrusor-sphincter dysynergia, result in obstructed voiding, an interrupted urinary stream, incomplete emptying and high intravesical pressure because the sphincter fails to relax correctly. Upper urinary tract dilatation and kidney damage may develop subsequently. Abnormal hyperreflexic contractions may be poorly sustained and in combination with dysynergia result in incomplete emptying. Autonomous bladder The autonomous bladder is seen with complete lesion below the T12 segment that involves the cornus medullaris and corda equina. It occurs with sacral myelomeningocele and tumors of the cornus medullaris corda equina region. This is also the type of neurogenic bladder that occurs during the initial shock phase of spinal cord injury. There is detrusor areflexia. The bladder is paralyzed and there is no awareness of the state of fullness. In most of these cases, urinary retention occurs because the tone of the detrusor muscle is abolished and bladder distance as urine accumulates. Inability to initiate micturition, overflow incontinence and increased residual urine develops. There is associated saddle anesthesia with the absence of bulbocavernosus and superficial anal reflexes. Anal sphincter control is often similarly affected. Motor paralytic bladder it is seen with lesions involving the efferent motor fibers to the detrusor or the detrusor motor neurons in the sacral spinal cord. Some patients develop a motor paralytic bladder in association with lumbar spinal stenosis, lumbosacral myelocele, or following radical hysterectomy or abdominoperineal resection. Patients often suffer from painful urinary retention or impaired bladder emptying. Residual urine is markedly increased. 
The bulbocavernosus and superficial anal reflexes are usually absent, but sacral and bladder sensations are present. Sensory paralytic bladder. It may occur in tabis dorsalis, syringomyelia or diabetes mellitus. It is caused by the impairment of the efferent pathway innervating the bladder or by the dysfunction of the posterior column or lateral spinothalamic tract at the spinal cord level. Patient maintains voluntary initiation of maturation. Urinary retention, overflow incontinence or urinary tract infection may be early symptoms. The bulbocavernosus and superficial anal reflexes may be absent, decreased or present. That is all in Season 1. If you found the podcast helpful, write a review and give a rating on the Apple Podcast and Spotify. Please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. Until we meet in Season 2, it is KD signing off. Spread knowledge. Thanks for listening to Clinical Neurology Podcast. Kindly subscribe and review if you found it useful. You can follow Neurology Teaching Club Instagram account for exclusive figures of this podcast and visit our website neurologyteachingclub.com for more resources. The podcast and online content are meant for medical education only and should not be used to guide clinical decision making and treatment. You can find more of this podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast or wherever you get your ear candy. It's KD signing off and until we meet next time, spread knowledge.